everyone, welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today we bring you episode number 50, half a ton. It's, uh, I remember starting these podcasts this time last year when we were all locked down, so it's quite uh, ironic that we're now <laughs> bringing you another podcast and there happens to be another lockdown going on. But anyway, um, today I have a very special guest with me. She is a client of mine who has been training for a while now, um, and I have to say she's one of the most positive people I have met. And she's got an amazing story to tell, which um, I'm very appreciative of her coming on and, and, and sharing that with us today. Um, so I won't elaborate too much just yet, but I welcome Rhonda. Now, how do I say your surname? Jansen. Jansen. Rhonda Jansen to the podcast. How are you going? Good. Good. Excellent. So to elaborate a little bit further, your story is quite, um, well, it's not unique, but it's very much, um, I suppose, inspirational, shall we say, in regards to the fact that you have faced cancer head on and beaten it. Yes. Is that, that a yes. fair assessment? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So do you want to, so let's go back um, to the very beginning, talk about your diagnosis and then what sort of followed from that? I guess I'll start, well, I will start back in 2019. Okay. In August 2019, my husband, Mark, was actually diagnosed um, with bowel cancer, okay. stage four bowel cancer. So wow. he went in on the Friday having trouble breathing and they said, you've got blood clots. So they kept him in for a couple of days and then on the Thursday, following Thursday, they said what's causing the blood clots yep. is actually stage four bowel cancer. Wow. And we couldn't believe it. We just were so shocked. Yeah, Absolutely shocked because, you know, we just at the time didn't think there was any signs. Mm. And um, so Mark always lived life to the fullest. He okay. was, he loved life. He'd lived life. He lived it to the fullest. Yep. And it was um, just stopped him in his absolute tracks. Yeah, I bet. So the oncologist said because it was stage four bowel cancer, mm-hmm. she said he would only have two years to live. Wow. And that was August 2019. So the following week he started uh, chemotherapy. Okay. And they inserted a pick under his left collarbone so he'd go in for a couple of hours get chemotherapy then that attached it was like a bottle but it was full of chemo and that would last three three days day and night he was getting fed chemo wow go back and go back and have a week's rest and go again mm. then in october 2019 so two months later mm. i was unfortunately diagnosed with breast cancer unreal two months later so then First, it was telling my boys at the time that were 12 and um, 15 that Mark had cancer, then going home and telling them I had breast cancer. Wow. So I went in and had a lumpectomy, thinking Mm. that they were taking out my lump and everything would be fine. Yep. Only to discover after the surgery that they found three more lumps. Wow. That weren't picked up. And more cancer than they thought in my left breast. Okay. So I then started chemotherapy and... I remember the chemo nurses saying my hair would fall out, and I used to have, you know, long, dark, thick hair, and I sure. love my hair, yep. like a lot of women do. Yes. And that it would start falling out. Okay. And I would always see pictures of it. I knew I'd seen it, and within my first session of chemo, within days, my hair would fall out in clumps. Wow. I'd brush my hair, it would be in clumps, and I would just cry and cry. Mark would brush my hair because it was so knotted. Yeah. And he was dealing with his chemo, I was dealing with mine. And it got to the point before my second round of chemo, I, I had to get my hair shaved. Yeah. And Mark took me to his barber, and I can remember sitting in the chair just crying and crying, and the barber was so lovely, so yeah. lovely, and he shaved my head. And 
And I can remember him not charging us, saying, I can't charge you for, you know, what you're going through. And it was so lovely. Yes. And, uh, but then when I was bored, I actually liked the look. Did you? I, yeah, I okay. actually liked the look. Rocked it. Yeah, originally, yeah, originally. <laughs> originally. But, um, you know, I thought about it too. A man can walk down the street and be bald. Yes. No one thinks of it. No. As soon as a woman walks down the street and bald, oh, she's sick. Yes. So all of a sudden, my privacy of not wanting people to know my journey uh-huh. was no longer private. Yeah, no, of course. And little kids, I'd often hear little kids going, Mummy, why is that lady bald? Oh, wow. And it never worried me because yep. I love children's inquisitive minds. Sure. That was, um, that was an interesting thing. Mark, my husband, was deteriorating really quickly mm. because his cancer was already stage four. It's really, really aggressive. Very aggressive, yeah. He was always such a positive person, such a positive person in life, and he he never gave up on anything. Mm. He, he never gave up, and he had the whole, such amazing strength with chemotherapy, even though he was so sick. He yep. just kept saying, I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it. We never gave up. We honestly thought he would win. Yeah, wow. We, we honestly thought he would keep fighting it. Mm. And two weeks before Christmas... We had an appointment with the oncologist, and the oncologist said, um, unfortunately, Mark, your chemotherapy's not working. Wow. And um, and she said, it's more aggressive than we realised, yeah. and we think you've only got six months left. Wow. Okay. And um, Mark used to be really good at swimming in his days, and he had the biggest broad shoulders and the biggest calves. People used to say, oh, my <laughs> God, how did you get those calves? And you obviously never missed leg day. Yeah. And, um, he had the biggest calves. And um, and it was interesting for me to observe over time how the cancer ate all that away. But, really? Yeah, 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 it okay. just eats away. And But sitting in the oncologist office that day, mm. Mark's was holding my hand and he just squeezed my hand and his shoulders and his head just slumped and and he burst into tears and I burst into tears oh, and um and I guess just some from shock but I guess the realization from him realizing that the cancer had actually beat him beaten him yeah was actually soul destroying it had wow. beaten him and and to see him defeated ripped at me it just ripped mm. at me knowing that um. And he used to go to the gym with me as well. We used to train together. He was a fit man, fit man. Um, But it was so aggressive. So Mark being the most amazing husband, most amazing man, and being a dad, and I'm sure you think the same. Dads always fix everything, don't they? Yeah. Dads look after everything with their wives and the kids. If anything's wrong, dads fix it. Yes. Dads fix it. They make everything better. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, Mark actually couldn't fix this one. Yeah, wow. He actually couldn't make this one better. So... Um, like I said, Mark asked the oncologist how long, and, and she said six months. So before that, Mark had already updated his will and, and tried to organise everything. You know, you think yeah. you're organised, but it, it came quicker than we thought. Mm. So there was just lots of things that we had to organise, and um, Mark wanted, we had a huge house and we sold it, and Mark wanted something that the boys and I could manage, and I'm glad we did. I love the home that we're in now. Okay. Yeah manage it like i've said to you my boys yes. will mow and whippersnip and clean the pool and yep. they've just really been amazing and mm. after christmas mark i guess he he accepted passing over he accepted okay accepted and i know a lot of people get angry with it but he accepted it yep so after christmas he said to me i want to organize my wake Okay. Because he was trying to organise everything, being the dad and of being the husband. He wanted everything organised. Yep. He knew I was so sick at the time with my chemo and yes. my cancer. He wanted 
to organise everything, and uh, he wanted to organise his wake. Okay. And he wanted to be at his wake. Right. Mark loved, he was always the one organising functions or parties or motorbike rides with mates. He was always, and his favourite beer was Corona. Ah. So we think it was funny that coronavirus was the thing that hit <laughs> in 2019 because we all think that's Mark's sick joke. <laughs> Mark's sick joke, I'm saying, yeah, that this is um, oh dear. Uh, coronavirus. So he wanted to be at his wake. He said, look, I'm paying for it. It's my, <laughs> it's my party and I want to be at it, yeah. which is so Mark. And, I want to, and he said, I want people to tell me that they love me while I'm alive. That's fair, yeah, okay. So on the 11th of January, we um, had a big, huge party. Yeah. Luckily, before, you know, the lockdown hit, yeah. we had a huge party on the 11th of January and he got to have a beer and, and with his mates and everyone, it was just a release. Was it a bit awkward or was it because of the reason for it or was it everyone just went, no, nah, this is great, let's, let's celebrate? Everyone loved it. Okay. Everybody loved it. Yep. Everybody loved, um, I can remember organising, booking, yep. it was at the Cloundra um, powerboat club and okay. organising it and the lady said what's the event and I said oh it's for my husband's wake and she said oh I'm so sorry yeah I said oh no no he's still alive he's coming <laughs> that would have got an interesting reaction and and she kind of didn't ask any more questions <laughs> <laughs> but that was Mark's humour too yeah. you know, he wanted to live until the Absolutely. last day no, it wanted... was beautiful yeah. people got to cry and laugh um, a friend of mine did a huge slideshow of of all these photos of his life and oh, yeah. so many people came up to me and said later on we didn't realize how much living mark did we didn't realize how much life he lived to the fullest and the traveling and what how he good did is that? that they didn't realize and that was a beautiful yeah beautiful time we all burst into tears though mark had lost 30 kilos by then right 30 kilos he was so thin he was mm. in a wheelchair and he had to leave early and yep. um he wanted the song to play um something about drinking beer and drinking beer or whatever. And it was just, they played that song and um, his middle son wheeled him out and that's when I broke down. And, yeah. And everyone, I think, then realised that for some, that was the last time they'd ever see him. Yeah, wow. Because nine days later, he passed away. Oh, wow, okay. So he, he passed away and, um, and I remember coming home from the hospice and the morning that he passed and... Um, and again, I was really sick. I was still fighting. I was just so sick. Yeah. There's a photo of Mark at his wake and we're both bald and we're both, but we're laughing and it's a precious photo. We're still of course. laughing. And um, I remember coming home from, he was at the palliative care at Dove and coming into the driveway and his car was parked in the driveway. Oh. And I thought, he'll never drive that again. You know, yeah. the motorbikes in the garage, he'll never drive them again. And going into our wardrobe and his cars are hanging there and yeah. he's never going to wear them again. And, and looking, lying in bed and crying and going, that's the side of his bed, he's never going to lie wow. there again. Or, um, you know, one minute we're here yeah. and and we don't plan on getting sick and we don't plan on that. Of course um, not. He, he would never be there again. And mm. And it made me realise too, you've asked me one of the lessons I've learned is when we moved house, we got a lot rid of stuff, a lot of, rid of a lot of stuff. Yep. And I don't want any more stuff. No. Now, um, on the weekends, I make sure the boys and I are doing things and we're active when we're doing things. Yep. And, um, and I want to do things and not get stuff. I don't mm. want to get stuff. But, yep. um, but 
I felt numb. What have you lost? No, no, I was looking for a tissue for you. Oh, I'm okay. You sure? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm used to um, wiping snot and tears on my shirt. <laughs> so I'm okay. Um, uh, and and people go, you know, how did you cope? Because November and December, I was getting chemo yes. uh, fortnightly. Yep. Um, and the first round of chemo is the hardest. It, it's the strongest. Right. And... Um, and I was numb for the first six months. I was numb when Mark passed. Um, the songs would come on the radio and I would burst into tears. Yep. I would see memories come up on Facebook and I'd cry. Yep. Um, and then within seconds, I'd be thinking of something Mark did and I'd be laughing. Um, huh. And Mark loved life and I know he'd want me to keep living life and I do. Every day I live life. 100%. And, and I was, so in January, January, February, March, I then started chemo weekly. Okay. And um, so I was not only mourning my husband, mm-hmm. um, just organising stuff with his business, and I was also having um, to deal with my chemo, wow. and it made me so sick. Of um, course. You asked me the mental and physical challenges of fighting cancer, yep. and um, and Mark was always the person that would um, so, you know, you can do it, you can do it, whatever it was, you can yeah. do it, you're doing really well. And was always my biggest cheerleader. Of course, yeah. Um, and I was really fortunate um, for me, my younger sister broke up with her partner <laughs> <laughs> in January. So she moved in with me. Oh, nice, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, she moved in with me, which was really yeah. handy. Um, and my mum moved down from Port Douglas. Oh, fantastic. Because... Whatever it is that we're doing in life, we can't do it on our own. Oh, whatever, yep. whether it's a, a journey of health, yep. whether it's um, whatever it is that we're wanting to achieve, we can't do it on our own. Yes. And it's okay to say I need help. It's mm. okay to say I'm Absolutely. I'm not okay. It's um. So luckily, um, Mum's an amazing cook, okay. and the boys loved having her there. So Mum would cook, and my sister would do the grocery shopping, yeah, and clean. And I couldn't have survived. Without them, because oh. there would be days I'd be in bed. I was so sick. Um, can you can you explain that? So obviously, not many people have experienced this, where you're getting all these nasty drugs pumped into you. What what is that feeling like? Like, is it? Can you relate it to anything that like? Does it feel um, like you're hungover? Does it feel like you've 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 got the flu? Like the it, flu, the yeah. really bad flu. Okay. A really really bad flu, and um, I never realised that chemo was made for each individual. So oh, right. I never knew it. I, I just thought you, you went, it's like getting milk. You just yeah. go to the shops and get milk. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Chemo was made for every individual. So every week you'd go and get weighed in. Right. So for people that don't like weighing in every week. <laughs> Honestly. That's probably everyone listening to this right now. <laughs> is every week would get weighed in because if you've gained weight or lost weight, usually it was losing weight. Yeah. The chemo dosage would have to change. Is it subjective to the type of cancer you've got as well Absolutely. and the, the stage it's in and all that as well? It's yeah. the stage of the cancer. It's the type of cancer. The right. It's different, but it's kept in a fridge. So they um, would inject it. Yeah. Um, what's this bit called? Your bicep? Yeah, the, the, oh, the, the vein. Yeah, the vein. Yeah, the vein yeah, yeah. At, at the end of the bicep. Yeah. They would inject it and it would take hours and I'd just sit in the chair and, and for oh. hours, but it's cold. Really? Because it's been in the fridge, it's cold and it's going through and just the tick, tick of the drip. Tick, 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 wow. tick of the drip. It's yeah. actually cold. Um, for the first two months, I would have to get a needle. The next day, they'd give me a needle to take home. And Mark, being so sick, I'd have to get him to inject. So we kind of looked after each other, and yep. he would have to inject the needle in my belly mm. because I couldn't do it. Okay. And it's a stop nauseous. But once I can remember pulling over 
on the side of the road and just vomiting and vomiting and vomiting wow. and vomiting. just after getting your chemo yeah, yeah just vomiting and and once mark was in hospital and i had to put my own needle in and yep. i couldn't do it i just thought wanted to shut your eyes just, just put the needle under your belly and wow. i couldn't so i was going up to see mark in hospital anyhow so i went in and he got out of bed oh. he's such a good man and put the needle Bless in my him. belly for me yeah. yeah just amazing man so chemo chemo destroys everything yeah in your body, it's destroyed. It it's to destroy all the bad stuff. Yep. But it also destroys all the good stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So not only I'd look in the mirror and I'd be, not only was I bald, I mm. lost all my eyebrows. Yep. My eyelashes, um, my veins, my veins. The impact of chemo was so got so hard yeah. that the chemo nurses were trying to find spots on my hand to put the drips in. Wow. Or, okay. um, and then after Christmas, I developed a clot because my veins uh, hardened yeah, wow. from the chemo. So I had I had a blood clot from the end of my bicep up to my shoulder. Oh, really? Wow. And I could see it. You could actually see. Jeez. It was like a worm in my arm. Oh. Um, so they put me on blood thinners. Um Another side effect of chemo is, which is what they they say, is um, every week they take blood count to see um, where you're at. Some people couldn't have chemo some days because their blood count was so low and had to have blood transfusions. Wow. Okay. I never had to get to that point. Um, yep. Toenails. I lost toenails. My toenails would go black. Wow. And they mention that. They often would say to women, um, I'd hear them to new women, paint your toenails black so it doesn't distress you. Gotcha. But it would kill. It killed so much it my oh. i lost four toenails they turned black and fell off wow i was getting massive pins and needles in my feet um it's incredible so it's like a bushfire going through my body that's a good way to describe it actually yeah it's how i felt just i felt a bushfire went through my body wow just taking everything in taking, its path taking everything yeah, yeah. Taking everything and okay. um and the way I stay positive is I would listen to I do chemo uh, I do hypnotherapy and I would yep. listen to my trainer and mentor Rick Collingwood in Melbourne mm. who gave me a hypnotherapy recording on healing from cancer. Oh okay. And I would listen to that at night. I would have had my you know little um, ear things in and yep. listen to it. Nice getting my chemo to stay positive. And Absolutely. Um, and focus on that. Do you think that was a big a big contributor to you getting through it? Was remaining as positive as you could be? I, I yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I've always been a positive person and yep. Mark was a positive person and I also saw my boys watching me. They they yeah. were the reason I'd get out of bed every day. They yeah, were okay. watching me and you know, going home and telling the boys that Mark had cancer and then I had cancer and then going home and telling my boys and sitting them down and saying, I've got to have a double mastectomy wow. and That's explaining to a 12 and 15 year old boy what a double mastectomy is. Did they completely get it? They what? said they did, but you know, at that age, Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to take on. They were watching me all the time. Every time mm. I'd, you know, you know, feel pain or yes. feel like vomiting, they would go, mommy, you okay? Mommy, you okay? Yep. Was, they were watching me. They and must, sorry, go. No, no, you go. I was just going to say, they must have gone from boys to men pretty quickly in regards to that space of time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They, um, yeah, they did. So I, I've always been positive, but I thought they're watching me. Yeah. They're watching me. And what kept me going was that there wasn't a hope in hell that mm. I was going to leave them. Yeah, okay. I was not going to die and leave my boys. Wow. I just wasn't going to do it. I just, so the will to live be Absolutely. Yeah. I just wasn't going to, wasn't going to die. And, wow. Um, after my double mastectomy, I 
in April, it's a year ago, my husband said to me, and I've said to you many times that I, I've been gymming, I said to you earlier, since I was 18, I lived at Gosford. Yes. And the Gosford Leagues Club had a gym. <laughs> you know, back in the day, gyms weren't around. No, they weren't. No, you're right. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't on every corner. They weren't franchised. They were just run by bodybuilders or aerobics instructors or, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and, and I thought I'll go to aerobics and... Um, you know, back in the day where they were fluorescent, like the same <laughs> shit. What did you call it? You called it... Um, uh, the Olivia Newton-John era. The Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. I had the socks yeah. on and I thought I was cool like her too. But <laughs> as you know, I'm really uncoordinated. <laughs> I think we couldn't go that far. Oh, I can only do one thing at once. And, <laughs> and I didn't do that. So I went into the gym but and I loved gym and I was hooked ever since then. Yep. But back in the day too, that body... um, Going to the gym was like the big... Big bots, you know, you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna look like the big bodybuilder yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of look. But I honestly believe that I healed quickly from mm. my double mastectomy. And what they did is because I I had lobular cancer. Okay. And lobular cancer is, um, if you're gonna get breast cancer, the good one to get, and there's no such thing as a good cancer, yeah. but is ductal cancer. So the milk ducts hold the cancer and, and retain the cancer. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I had um, lobular cancer, so right. I was outside of that, and it was so they had to scrape out. Uh, I had to have a double mastectomy. Mm. They had to scrape out my chest wall, scrape wow. out everything. Yeah, okay. And I had reconstruction at the same time. But yep. They, I believe, what allowed me to heal so quickly is years and years of weight training. Wow. Okay. I really do. I was weight training up until um, I had my first chemo, and then I couldn't do any more. Of course. Yeah. I believe those years and years of weight training mm. helped my recovery. And you've said to me a few times that people that go in for shoulder surgery... Or, yep. Absolutely. Um, shoulder surgery, um, knee reconstructions, hip replacements, if they've had, you know, not necessarily years, but just a lengthy period of time weight training and a history of weight training where they've maintained good levels of strength, their recovery is... is Expediated significantly. I believe that through yeah. my own experience, yeah. through my own personal experience, I believe the same. Mm. I believe the same is yep. that, and we don't know um, what's down the road. We don't know what's ahead mm. of us. But I went into my cancer journey with a really healthy body from yep. going to the gym. Yep. I believe that I went in. I thought my diet was good, but it's certainly better now that you've got me <laughs> on my meal plan. Uh, certainly better now. I started two months after my double mastectomy. I had to get radiation. Yeah, okay. And um, because of the level of radiation that I needed and the amount of radiation, mm. I had to go five days a week. Wow. Five days a week for five weeks. And um, even though I did all creamed three times a day, mm. I did everything they said, I still burnt. Radiation just burns yeah, well. your body, but um, it works and I don't care. Yeah, I'm um, yeah. here today, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, and I, and like I said, I, I always stayed positive because of that. And mm. one of, you said on one of your podcasts um, that weight training strengthens bones. Yes. And I kept saying to you, how, how, yeah. remember? Yeah. How, how? And I think I was driving you crazy. How? <laughs> I'm sure I did. How? How? Um, and you said to me, because, um, yeah, I Googled it, mm. is that it's actually because um, it's a living thing, isn't it? Correct. The bones are a living. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the bones are living. And the weight, by weight training, it strengthens our bones. 
Sure. So I need to get um, needles every six months for the next two and a half years for my bones. Okay. But I also know because of my weight training and that I'm doing at, mm. with you as well, yep. is, is that, that my weight training that I'm doing is going to help my bones. 100%. From yeah. Radiation. Yeah, absolutely. From radiation. So yep. um, you also asked me what is my um, perspective on my life now. Mm. Um, yeah, I. I think our bodies are amazing. Mm. I think they're the most amazing, amazing machine. You know, um, I, I gave birth. I made two perfectly healthy boys. Yeah. I did it all by myself, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Their father had a very small, very small part of it. Which sure. With it. Yeah. I did it. I made two amazing, healthy human beings. It's fantastic. Um, I've survived cancer, and yep. I think our bodies are amazing. Yep. And I often say is that my body was there for me and helped me yes. in the time of my life that I needed it the most. Yep. And now I want to do everything I can for my body and nurture it. You've often said that in here, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a massive um, reflection on what you've been through, but in saying that you shouldn't have to have had that experience to appreciate what you've got as well. Does that make I sense? Agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't... Yeah, I agree. And I see people... Um, I've got this weird trait. I've got a lot of weird traits, and I don't know if many. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> like the laugh. <laughs> I don't know if other people do it, but I'll be out in the grocery, you know, the supermarket, and I'm uh. in people's trolleys, and I go, Rhonda, don't judge, don't judge. Yeah. I don't know this story, Rhonda. Don't yeah. judge, don't judge. And I'm thinking, what are you doing to your body? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I know. Oh, look, we, we do the same, and, and it's probably second nature because both myself and my wife obviously work in this industry and have done for a long time. Like, we were on a road trip to Townsville earlier this year, and we, we pulled in and got the kids McDonald's. Quick trip. Like, I'm, I'm putting my hand up and say, yep, that's not a problem. But in there at the same time, we, we, we saw some families that were, shall we say, you know, I, don't, I hope I don't get ridiculed for this, but, you know, they were, they were overweight parents and the kids and the kids had these massive shakes with cream and then they were eating all that they were eating more food than i was ah, you know so and that was the kids that was the kids and then the parents were doing the same thing so you know they weren't setting a very good example in my opinion and i know i'm not you know i shouldn't be judging but at the same time we do it too like it's you know and that's why i'm in this industry trying to help people you yes know? yes because we don't know mm. luckily what's around the corner we don't know but at least i know that I know 100% all those years of weight training yep. helped me on my journey. I believe, and I, I've, I know other women that have had mastectomies or yep. double mastectomies, or, um, and like I said, they're scraping my chest, they're scraping everything yeah. out, and I know I healed mm. quickly, and even my surgeon will say I healed quickly is yep. because of that weight training I did. My chest was already strong there you go. from weight training before I went into that surgery, yep. and and my, I had my last operation in November last okay. year, yep. 2.20, and I started training with you in January. Yep. I know it was from all those years. So when I first started, I, my body is slowly coming back mm. and, and slowly getting stronger. Yep. Um, but also, too, you talk about your kids and how, as a parent, mm. you've done gym programs for my boys. Yes. They're 13, or soon they'll be um, 13, um, oh, goodness, 14 and 17. Yep. And I've got a slowly getting a gym at home. Yep. And you've done gym programs for them and a meal plan for them yep. as well as me. Yep. And they love it. Yeah. Because they see, they know 
and they agree that it's helped my journey. Absolutely. They know it has. They they follow the meal plan. They love it. Yep. Um, they they are loving um, the gym and weight, weight training. training. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. yeah, you're right. I was just gonna say like it's it's so because you you're often talk about them when you're in here and you say how inspiring they are and how they're on your case about eating right and put that glass of red wine down, mum. <laughs> I but, feel it, yeah, I know. But that it's so good to hear that, you know, young men, 13 and or 14 and 17, as you just said, are they're weight training, but they're not weight training for their appearance. They're weight training for their health. Yes. And I think that is a massive, massive positive because, you know, as you are fully aware, you know, that. The, the, the current times we live in, you know, social media dictates a lot of how we perceive what should be positive or not. So we're always in it for aesthetics and how we look and all these sorts of things. Whereas your boys are setting a tremendous example for other teenagers around the country yeah. in the fact that they're doing it for their health. They're going to set themselves up and be so strong and so healthy for years and years and years and years and years, and years rather than how they look. And I think that's, yeah. that's so, so amazing, you know. And, and that makes me um, start to cry when you say that because when I was bald and, like I said, no eyelashes and no eyebrows, you mm. know, for a woman that's a – for me it was a big thing. And, of course. And and the boys would always say, Mum, you look beautiful. Oh, that's nice. Mum, you look beautiful. Yeah. And, and they go, but Mum, it's not how you look. And they know, and I say it all the time, it's about our healthy body yep. and our what we put in our body mm. is – and that they're learning that. And I'm so grateful um, – I'm so grateful that they're learning that as well because Absolutely. unfortunately even boys mm. with social media, of course. you've got to look a certain way, you've got to do this. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they'll often say, and it's a word you use, um, I don't know if I can use the word. Go for it. Um, is mum, um, you know, there's kids there, boys their age that are um, vaping or mm. um, drinking or smoking or doing stuff and they'll yep. go, mum, they're dickheads. Why yeah. are they putting that in their body? There you go. And... Um, and I, so it's a good example too. 100%. Well, you've got two good kids there because that's, that's a because it, it's so, you know, we've all been young. It's so easy to follow the wrong crowd or be influenced by the wrong thing or just want to be included. And yes. whereas they are obviously making a stand and they realize that health is so, so important. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Really, really good. Because our kids are watching us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Early, yeah. They know what I say to my boys. Yeah. can say what I want and bend uh, on. They're sponges. They're watching what I do. Yeah. Big time. That's unreal. So, okay. So I spoke before and I asked you a question about, you know, the, the timeline before they, and I'll say this in inverted commas, give you the all clear, but obviously you've identified that it's never 100% gone in terms of draw a line through it, that's it, it'll never happen again. Mm. Um, there is always a possibility of it coming back or it's just it's just that we don't know enough for us to say it will never come back? Um, probably both. Probably okay. both, to answer your question. Yeah. Uh, someone said to me the other day, are you in remission? Yeah. And I said it's not a word I use. Sure. Remission to me is like saying it's going to come back. I... And I'm really big on words and yep. the words I use. Yep. To me, I'm healed. Mm. I always say I'm completely healed. My yep. body is 100% healthy yep. is what I say all the time. Um, unfortunately, oncologists and my breast cancer surgeon, they will never say I'm 100%. It will never come back. Yep. And I get that. They've got to cover themselves. Of I get course. that. Yeah. Um, I get that. But once I hit the five-year mark, yep. it's... It usually the percentages means it might come back. Gotcha. I know it won't come back. I'm, yeah. I I am just I'm yes. a big believer on what I put out to the universe will come back. Absolutely. 
I know I'm completely healthy, I am completely healed, and mm. my body will continue to get strong. Um, Unreal. Yeah. So your perspective on life at the moment or moving forward is pretty pretty positive. You're very grateful to have a, a healthy body and a working body and a... Mm. You know, you say that all the time. I think you say it nearly every session you come in. You say, I'm so grateful for my body. So, I am. yeah, it's unreal. And, and you often say as well, and I love your your different posts and stuff and podcasts, is that how we concentrate on the scales. Yeah. And how it can determine, you were saying earlier, someone's day. Someone's happiness, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I thought, wow, you know, as opposed to focusing on I have a healthy body, you know, mm. so many women, I hear them criticise their bodies. Yep. And, and they criticise their bodies. And I go, I am so grateful for my body and my healthy body. 100%. And, and yet we criticise it. And in the most dire situations, it's our it's our body that... It's our lifeline. And yeah. our mind. Yeah. Goes through, so. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Like, and I hope people are listening to that, realising that, yeah, they shouldn't have... Like, I understand the need to lose weight and look better and feel good about yourself and be confident and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, if your body's working, your body's working. It is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And... Yeah. But like I said, a big thing with regards to anyone that's um, got undergone radiation mm. or um, osteoporosis in their family yep. or any history of cancer, there was no history of cancer in Mark's family or wow. mine. Wow. So completely random. Yep. And the odds of a couple getting cancer at the same time, oh. one in a million. Absolutely. Um, but I really believe Mark was such a gentleman that he chose to pass over yeah. and let me live. Wow, um, and okay. that's how I see it. But, yep. um, you know, anyone that's got a history or in, even doesn't have a history of um, osteoporosis or cancer, whatever it is, mm. the weight training, yep. everything I read comes back to weight training and the benefit of weight training with um, radiation or whatever it is. Yep. Some people get radiation for all different types of cancer or for all different kinds of things. Yeah. So it, it's and it doesn't have to be like we've talked about it heavyweights. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. No, I'm not it doesn't. Going to turn into an incredible hole. No, no, you're not. No, we spoke about that earlier. Like the the, the, the um, stigma is still there about females thinking they're going to get massive by lifting weight, but it's not the case at all. Yeah. And the benefits of weight training, as you just identified, are so so positive. And and you know, research and science is still digging into all the future benefits that it, that they can have, even though yes, we are yeah. aware of what is available now in terms of that and just regular consistent training. And you don't have to yes. weight train to get big or massive. It's just about strengthening your body and getting healthier and fitter and stronger, you know. I also believe that by doing that, it strengthens our mind. 100%. Because yes. I'm doing a habit mm. and it's so easy to get a bad habit yes like the red wine i used to sing um i used to sing when i was getting chemotherapy um black fingernails red wine <laughs> oh dear and um and the nurses said yeah but the red wine's helping you run it's okay <laughs> go for it <laughs> i think in under those circumstances it's okay <laughs> black fingernails who sings that song um yeah. eskimo joke yeah that's yeah. it black fingernails yeah. red wine um, yeah, it is a good song. <laughs> but, um, but also, too, it's it mentally, I believe, well, any form of exercise is mentally, yeah. it's helping us. It's yeah. um, mentally getting it's, us. It's building resilience because you're, you're putting your body or taking your body to a place where it, it's not comfortable to go. Mm. And you're teaching it that it's okay to go there and stay there and then progress from there. Yes. You know? And often the mind is the thing that, that gets in the way and says, no, 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 this is not right. I don't like this. Let's stop. You often say that in our training sessions, the mind will stop. 
the body will yeah, yeah the, the, the body yeah the body the body will stop if the mind stops or the body the, the body will give in if the mind gives in yeah. mind doesn't give in body won't give in yeah you often say that the yeah. mind will give in before the body does that's it yeah and um and i believe that was true on my cancer journey there you it's go my cancer journey it's um oh there was no way i was going to leave my voice there was not a hope in hell i was going to leave my voice behind and yeah. um and, it, and it's so true the mind is the most it, amazing thing. And it's, it's incredibly powerful. And it it's really a muscle is. as well. It is a muscle. We don't work that muscle enough. No. We work our body, but we don't work our amazing mind. No, we don't. That's right. Um, we don't work it enough. So, yeah. And you said to me on Tuesday, actually, mm. this week, uh, fight it, fight it. Mm. And I love that. Um, fight it, fight it. I forget what we were doing. And um, fight it, fight it. And that was an attitude I had the whole time in market as well. Just there keep fighting it. Just keep fighting it. Yeah. And again, that, that mental toughness comes. Yep. That mental toughness and fortitude and resilience yep. comes through. 100%. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I say that a lot. And it's because instinctively you want to put the weight down because it hurts. You know, we don't like yes. pain. We don't like discomfort. We don't like going to that place. So the instinct of, of you just human nature kicks in. You go, no, no, I'll put it down. You know, discomfort, I don't agree with it. But if you fight it, fight that urge, then you can develop further resilience and you can actually lift more and then that yeah. that goal line will move and then the goal line will move again and again and yes, again and you get stronger and you can go further and harder and lift more and all those sorts of things, yeah. you know. It's like caveman days, isn't it, when you yep. talk about the mind and pain. It's like, oh, there's a uh, wildebeest coming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Run, run, I'm going to get pain, pain, yeah. there's pain, run. Yeah. It's, fight or fight, yeah. Yeah, fight or fight. Yeah. And it's the, it's the same thing. But, you know, this is a good pain, though. It is. It this is, is a pain. good pain. So tricking the mind yeah. is not tricking the mind, but telling the mind. That convincing the mind, yeah. Convincing the mind, this is a good pain. It's okay. This yeah. is a, it's, it's okay. It's a good pain. It is okay. It's a good pain. It's a good pain. So. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Um, okay. Well, let's let's move to a more positive topic. And, and do you want to elaborate and talk about your business? Because I find that very interesting. I don't know much about hypnotherapy. Um, I've done, had it done once before, unsuccessfully, but <laughs> that was when I was a lot younger. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to book you in at some stage to try and help me cure my nail-biting habit because I know my wife would very much appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, do you want to elaborate on what it is, what you do, and who you work with? Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually, well, I'm actually, for 20 years, I've actually been a attitude coach. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Explain that. So I am fascinated by the mind. Okay. And I always have been. Yep. Always have been. So for 20 years, I actually, you know how companies, uh, business owners will want to invest in training themselves or their management team? Yep. And they think, oh, okay, I'm going to, they do all this training and it's very short term. Mm. So I go in and I uh, profile profile them, right. and I so okay, you actually need, and I profile attitude. Uh, okay. Because a lot of companies um, believe personalities are important. Yes. A lot of companies. Yep. A lot of companies do IQ testing. Yeah. I personally don't believe IQ and personality mm. will determine how successful we are in life. Okay. I know a lot of people that have businesses mm. that went to grade 10 or grade 12 and they run big businesses. 100%. All businesses. Yep. So it's been their attitude mm. that's determined their success. Yeah, I agree with that. You would see it in training. Yeah, absolutely. It's the person's attitude that they bring every day mm. that determines the results they get. Yeah. 
So I profile them okay. and um, based on different things that I know are the attitudes required for certain positions. Yep. So based on their answers, I then specifically do training based around their attitudes. So it could be they're not assertive enough, they're not persuasive enough, they're too weak in their management style. Okay. Um, are they? So it's their attitude based on certain classifications right. that I profile them. So I've been doing uh, that for 20 years. Wow, okay, that's cool. And it's attitude, and again, I think that's helped me with my yes. healing as well. Yeah, so, of course. But a couple of years ago, I thought, I really love hypnotherapy. Okay. I love hypnotherapy, so I'm going to, um, I went and um, learned hypnotherapy down in Melbourne. Yep. And Rick Collingwood is a guru, I believe, in hypnotherapy. Okay. And has a really dry sense of humour, which right. I like. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's, he's really, really funny. And um, so I've added that to my business as well. So I do hypnotherapy. Okay. Again, I specialize in working with health and fitness. Okay. Or recovering from narcissistic and toxic relationships. Right. So, you know, a lot of people specialize in different things. I don't work with non-smokers. I don't work with um, drugs or addictions yep. or okay. um, I work with what I already work with. Yep. And that's... Um, self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, really, really funny. In January, I was inundated, I might have told you a few times, yeah. inundated in January with hypnotherapy inquiries for people wanting to um, eat better, <laughs> cut back on their drinking and be healthier. <laughs> yeah. Inundated. Yeah. March quite off. <laughs> Guess what's happened in March? <laughs> oh, dear. Guess what's happened in March? What? Hardly any inquiries. Nothing. Yeah. But I've got a few. Yeah. So bang, hit yeah. in January. New, New Year's resolutions. It's really funny. So oh. yeah, I believe so I love the hypnotherapy, but yep. the main part of my business is and yes, come and see me if we're biting your nails. Okay. So you can have black fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But it's working with attitudes. So yeah. I go in and go, okay, the reasons that you're so I can isolate exactly what it is in someone's business. So they'll oh. come to me and say, um, look, Fred. I'm having, they're performing in this area, but they're not performing in that area. And yep. I can isolate exactly what it is. Oh, it's because of this, this, and this, and this. Mm. Um, that attitude. So you're seeing this behavior, yep. which is the effect. I'll show you exactly what it is when you think about it. Mm. I will show you exactly what that attitude, underlying attitude is. Um, and why you're seeing that behavior. Yeah, well, okay. But then more importantly, I provide the training modules around how to upskill them in that area. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Cool. All right. So you learned something. I did learn attitude. something. I didn't know that, the attitude coach thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, well, give you give your business a plug. How do, how do people look you up? So what's, um, you, you're, obviously, you're on Instagram and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's just your name, isn't it? It's uh, Rhonda Jansen. Yep. RhondaJansen.com.au. Uh, okay. Fantastic. If anyone is interested in any of those services, look up Rhonda. Um, So final question, which I ask every person that comes on the the podcast, and that is who would you invite over to dinner? So it could be dead or alive, male, female, um, anyone that would inspire you, motivate you, anyone you just want to sit down and have a good chin wag with. Such a great question. You know, my first answer was, um, you know who I'm going to say, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, Dwayne Johnson, yeah, The Rock. And I can't work out why why you haven't got him on for a podcast. <laughs> he hasn't returned my calls. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Oh, but that would be more, and I find him amazing, not only with his dedication mm. to 
um, is sport or weightlifting and yeah. in the gym. I find that amazing. Mm. But I believe that overall he would be a good person. I think I think you know you do you tend to um, look at people that are on social media or, or celebrities or whatever, and you, you tend to question that oh, whether they just yes. put it on for that. But I think he's actually very genuine. Yes, incredibly hard worker though. He's got he just launched a, an energy drink business. He's got a tequila business. Um, obviously, movie star. He's got a production company. And then obviously he never misses his weight training sessions ever. I can four in the morning, two in the morning. He will yeah. be training. He's got a gym set up at home, or he'll train when he's on location. And that's or whatever. an attitude, isn't it? Hundred percent, it's an attitude. Yeah. But that was only for selfish reasons. I would yeah. like to have. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I figure that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I actually thought about it, and yeah. I would actually love to have a cup of tea and cucumber sandwiches. And have a good old chat with the queen. Oh, really? The queen. Oh, no one said the queen before. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay, go on. It would be amazing if Liz could just actually be herself. If right. she could actually... Like, <laughs> Liz, listen to you. Liz, go First, on, first Liz. name basis. Yeah, first name basis. <laughs> yeah. We're like that, you know. <laughs> I've actually touched the gates of the uh, palace. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, like makes you best friends. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like a million other people have. Uh, but if she could just pretend to be my Aunt Liz and I'm her favourite cousin. Right. Um... um let the balls down. Uh, uh, not cousin, her favourite. God, that make me old. Her favourite <laughs> relative. Yeah. And she could actually, yeah, just be herself. Yeah. If she could just be really genuine mm. and open and honest with me. Remove the political charade and, yeah. yeah. Because when I thought about it, from Prime Ministers, from Winston Churchill, yeah. who I think is amazing, yeah. she's known... Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, Tony Blair, and yep. she's got good old Boris there now. Yeah. From presidents from America, yeah. from leaders all over the world, I would really like to know how she feels about and what she thinks about true leadership is. Yeah, okay, good question. And what strengths and attitudes she sees that is needed to survive to go through good and bad times. Mm. What beliefs, behaviours and habits are essential for, for strong leadership? She would have some stories to tell. Oh, My God, she? yeah. If she could be honest yeah. and open... Absolutely. What does she believe? What is she now? She's cracking on not to ninety two. Ninety something. Yeah, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Paul Phil lately? Yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah, he's a bit frail. Um, yeah. So I would love to know what does she believe is the attitude mm. and the 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 tenacity for leadership. What's the attitudes that these individuals that she's noticed all have? Um. Yeah. Good. Very good question. That has made them the great leaders, well, you, or, or not great leaders. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, like the, the the characters that she has had to deal with over the years in regards to you know trade affairs and whatever it's yes. been. You know, like you just said, all the way back to Winston Churchill. But then you've got all the American leaders as well. The, you know, the Clinton administration and, and the Bushes, and oh my God, it just keeps going. Yeah, yes. it's incredible. Yeah, and I'm I sure. Yeah, she would have. Okay, it's these attitudes. It's yeah. these skills. It's these habits. Yep. So what are the habits, beliefs yep. that these people have that she believes has made them successful or unsuccessful? Mm. And, of course, her advice on a healthy long life. <laughs> well, that's true. In the long life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and she is healthy. She is healthy, yeah. Well, she still does her, you know, her, her, what do you call it, appearances and everything like that. Like, she still works, so. That, that would be something I would go, wow. Yeah. Impressive. And then write a book and make lots of money. Yeah. And a movie and make yeah, it. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. Sell, the, sell the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, Rhonda, thank you very much for giving up your time this morning. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the fact that you were so open and honest and um, transparent about your journey. It's very inspirational. So I hope people have 
um, enjoyed this listen and, and got something out of it because you've been up against uh, a very massive battle and you've obviously come out the other side and are incredibly positive, which I love. It's really good to have you come in twice a week and it just sort of, it lifts me up. Oh, yeah, it was, it's coming. really cool. Yeah. I love it. Every day, like, I, well, when I come, I, yeah. I think I, I love it because I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, that, well, that's intentional. Half <laughs> <laughs> the time, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> oh, pleasure. No problem. So uh, if everyone has enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe as always. on. Uh, I'm on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Google Podcasts. And if you've in particular like this particular podcast, number 50, Please screenshot it and share it on your social media stories. Tag myself, Paul's Body Engineering. Tag Rhonda as well to show show some love. And um, thank you very much once again. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.